Welcome to the Pre-Vet Podcast. I'm Alex Avellino, your tour guide on the journey to becoming a veterinarian. Listen along as we provide you with tips, tricks, and tales on applying to veterinary school. Welcome back to the Pre-Vet Podcast. I'm Alex Avellino, and with me is Ms. Caitlin Geralds, Assistant Director for Career Services at our college. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Alex. I'm excited to be here. Uh, we're excited to have you, and your position is actually pretty rare among veterinary colleges. Can you talk about that? Yes. Yeah, so I am probably one of seven veterinary colleges that have somebody in my role full time that's dedicated to helping the veterinary students get jobs. And so you are here to help veterinary students after they graduate. Are you also there to help them before they graduate? Of course. So I'm here from the day they start classes until up until a year after they graduate. I know we're going to talk about a lot of things uh, today regarding careers and choosing careers and how to prep for that. When you said you're there from the first day, my question is, why would a freshman even need to think about jobs? What do you do with the freshman students? Yes, so that's a question I get quite often. Um, So starting from the first day, I'm there for students to figure out time management, budgeting, Um, and even figuring out what they're doing for their first summer. So how can they start preparing for the career and the goals that they want in the future from their first day? Okay, so first year is a lot of preparatory planning, thinking. Um, Continue with me throughout their journey. What do they do next? Yes, so first year we're getting acclimated to vet school, getting the transition down, and then that first year summer at UF, the students have it free, so they can do whatever they would like, and it's helpful to start exploring careers and what options they might want to pursue in the future. After that, in second year, it's pretty rough academically, so we focus on getting ready for clinics and making sure that while we're on clinics, we get some good externships that help us prepare for the future as well. Okay, so when they're picking externships, are you helping them set those up? Are you helping them with their resume? How do you factor into that? So I can factor in in all areas, wherever they need help. Um, It can be anything from getting together a vet's resume instead of a pre-vet resume, or it can be trying to figure out how to best spend their small amount of time and put that into their externships. Or it can be they already know what they want to do and they just want to make sure that they're on the right path. Okay, wonderful. So for pre-vet students, a couple of things to note. At this point, you have a more great resources when you get to vet school, folks who are here to help you prepare for that next step. Because yay, you know, you got your first dream getting into vet school, but now we have to make sure that you get that dream job that you want. So Caitlin helps you prepare for everything from, you know, working on your resume to getting those externships that will help you be the most uh, attractive candidate to future employers. So Caitlin, what do third and fourth years look like for vet students when they work with you? So starting in the third year is when we really start solidifying what we're interested in after graduation. Let me stop you there, Caitlin. Do pre-vet students need to know what they want to do with their DVM degree right now? No. Okay. Some fourth-year students don't even know yet. Oh, goodness. Okay, (laughs) so for those of you who are thinking about post-DVM degree, which I know I encourage you to do on this podcast a lot, it's good to hear that you can still discover that 
in vet school and you can still change your mind after vet school. Yes. So it's, well, you don't need to know exactly what you want to do and you don't have to stick to whatever you think you want to do. It's a good idea to start exploring and starting to make those decisions. So like Alex said, you may not know exactly what you want to do, but we know we like emergency or we know we like large animal or we know we don't want to be in a practice setting for all of our career. So starting to explore that and really test those out in an experiential learning environment, which would be your externships, your clinics, your summer jobs, um, is all helpful for making that decision. Come spring of third years, when we really start looking at and applying to and really considering jobs, and then fourth years when we start solidifying, interviewing, negotiating contracts, and signing those deals. Okay, so we've talked about what a veterinary student's journey looks like with you. I want to hear about jobs in general. What does the job market look like for veterinarians? Is it Does it look positive? Are there things students need to think about? What does the job market look like? So right now, the job market is pretty wonderful for veterinarians that are graduating, and that can change. So you're in vet school for four years, so the economy can change during those four years that you're in vet school by the time you graduate. One of the wonderful things about being a veterinarian, though, is that usually veterinarians are least or not as heavily impacted by economic downturns and changes. So people are typically going to still get care for their pets. And the view of pets now is so much stronger where people are getting more extensive and more intensive care for their pets. So that's good news. Right now, about 88% of our students in the class of 2018 got their first choice for their job. Wow, 88%. Yeah. So they yes. knew this is what I want, and then they got it. Yes. Why do you think that is? Well, I'd like to say <laughs> that, that we've been able to help with some of that, but I think it's mostly the economy. So right now, that students that are graduating really have the pick of what jobs that they'd like to get. But also... When you know, when you have a better idea of what job you want, and then you have the tools and resources to make you a good candidate for that type of position, you have a better chance of landing that position. So what are our most popular career options for UF graduating students? So for UF, we have a couple different breakdowns. Um, usually about... 65 to 70% of our graduates end up going into private practice or clinical practice. So that is going to be where you go into work every day and you see pets that have owners or pets um, individually. Uh, the other 30% of our students right after graduation tend to go into internships, which I think you've talked about on this podcast yeah. before. As a reminder, an internship is a one-year training to get you either more acclimated in the field or to prepare you to go into a residency program. Yes. And so internships can be either private practice or academic practice. So that's a consideration that we always discuss with students. And then we have less than 5%, maybe a little over 5% that end up doing either armed forces, government, other types of maybe public health roles. That's usually the breakdown. I think it's important, and the reason I think it's so helpful that Caitlin is on here today is there's a lot that goes into choosing a job, preparing for a job, and it helps students to just be realistic about the career and the path that they're choosing. So 
what I want you to get out of today is just to know that you have a lot of great job options. Uh, you have great resources available to you at certain colleges that you're choosing. And just to keep those things in your mind as you go through the process of um, pre-vet and knowing that these are some things you're gonna have to think about in the future. I'm so glad that we have this pre-vet podcast available to students. Um, so those of you who are listening, we might be preaching to the choir, but sometimes, um, especially for students who go to professional school, they have great heads on their shoulders and they are able to navigate paths on their own. And we might not always be reaching out for help when we need it. So Caitlin, can you speak to the student who maybe thinks, um, well, you know, I know that this resource is available, but I might not need to use them. Yes. So I would definitely encourage any student who has a resource like this to utilize it, whether it's you have exactly the idea of what you want to do and you're preparing to do it, just to have somebody to bounce ideas off of, to talk through, you know, who should my letters of recommendation be? How should I organize this? And to get some confirmation that you are moving in the right direction. That can be incredibly helpful, especially when vet school is such a stressful time already. Mm -hmm. Um, To have somebody that knows the field, knows what's expected, and can tell you that and confirm that you're on the right path. Um, For those that are maybe on the edge, kind of deciding between two different things. It's great to talk to your faculty and other mentors in the field, other veterinarians, but sometimes it can be helpful to talk to somebody who has no skin in the game, who hasn't gone through a residency and internship for five years to do the field that you are considering doing to really evaluate from a from a third-party perspective. Yeah, good point. So when you are speaking with your mentors, Um, just keep in mind that they potentially could be biased towards moving you um, towards a path that's similar to theirs. So it's sometimes helpful to talk to somebody who maybe is a more of an advisor role or a resource role. So for me as a pre-vet advisor, um, I I didn't go to veterinary school, so I'm able to help students understand as much of the field as possible. Same thing with Caitlin. Caitlin didn't go to veterinary school either. She really understands the career field. Uh, so she can talk to you about all of your different options. So keep that in mind if you are speaking with somebody and maybe they're pushing you towards a specific field, potentially it's because that's the field they're most comfortable with and that's what they know the most, which can be very helpful to give you the inside look at that perspective, but just know that there are a lot of other perspectives out there. Yes, and I would even say, even if you're considering maybe not following in the footsteps of a mentor, that can be a tricky conversation to have. So even talking with your career person about how to approach that conversation or what your thoughts are regarding that discussion. Yeah, your mentor or parents. I do have a lot of students come in and they tell me that their parents want them to go in this direction and they know that is not the direction for them. And so I am there uh, to help them navigate that conversation and at the end of the day it's important that students do what is best for them and if if you know yourself and you know the right path for you to have that difficult conversation with parents and mentors and then you know you'll be able to sleep at night because you know that you went on the right path for yourself. Caitlin what are some of the biggest faux pas pause like dogs and cats. Uh, What are some of the biggest faux pas that students make when it comes to thinking about careers and what are some solutions to those mistakes? Yes, so some of the biggest things that I see um, are students that have decided really early on a career path and don't question it. Mm. And so 
we'll have students that have always thought they were going to do equine medicine or always thought they were going to do small animal practice. They were going to go back home and work for their uncle's practice. And then something happens or they change and change their minds and they don't want to do that anymore. And they haven't really explored other options. So I'd say that's one of the main things that I see, which isn't isn't a career ending option. It just requires more work in a faster time period. Um, so that's one of the main things I see. One of the other big issues that comes up during vet school is the the time management and trying to do everything. So a lot of our pre-vet students and our vet students are incredibly accomplished. They've done so much with their time and some of them not so much time because they get into vet school very early. Um, that they come to vet school and they want to have that same approach to vet school and experiences involved with vet school. Um, and then now we have to start looking at what is my return on this investment in this activity? So if I choose to do shelter medicine certificate, what kind of return, what kind of experiences, what kind of skills am I getting and how is that going to help me in my goals in the future? Because you start getting all of these opportunities that are competing with each other and it can really wear on your wellness and your well-being. And then we have to make some decisions there. Both of the examples Caitlin brought up made me think of some topics you could talk about in your interview. So when we have an interview, we might ask a student, where do you see yourself in five years? Where do you see yourself in 10 years? What career path do you want in veterinary medicine? It's actually one of the questions you have to answer on the VEMCAST application. Having a student who is open-minded to other options is something we are looking for. It is great to have research career paths and know what you think you want to do. Um, so it's 100% okay to say that, but we'd love to also hear that you understand that there are other options in the field. So that's something you could use in your interview. Uh, the second thing Caitlin mentioned about return on investments and time management is something that will come up in your interview as well. And that boils down to how do you handle stress? How have you balanced your time? Do you understand you can't do the same things you did in undergrad in vet school? That would be a red flag to the admissions committee to have an undergrad student or a non-traditional student who's applying to vet school um, claim that they plan on doing all of the same activities in the same way that they did in undergrad in, in vet school. It's just not realistic. So having a realistic understanding of not only your career options in vet school, but what vet school is going to look like is very important for pre-vet students to understand. I am office mates with Caitlin. I'm across the hall from her. And I will say that I think every single day I hear an employer call wanting to post a job for our new graduates. So the job outlook and the job market definitely right now looks bright for Gator graduates and veterinarians in general. Um, people do want you and they want you to come work at their practice, so it's a great time to be a veterinarian. Caitlin, mm -hmm. what is the coolest job you've seen a uh, new DVM get? Wow. There are so many cool jobs, and I think what's most exciting about my role is that I can get excited for each student that gets their dream job. Mm -hmm. Caitlin, what resources do you have for our students? So for pre-veterinary students, there are some great websites that are helpful to start exploring careers. The AVMA, the American Veterinary Medical Association, has some great career exploration resources in their career center on their website. 
There is also the Bureau of Labor Statistics with the government. Oh, yeah, I like that website. That they, one's good. Yeah, they have some great information on the job outlook for veterinarians and different types of things that veterinarians do. The AVMA also has some great webinars on different career paths in veterinary medicine, so you can listen to those. The other more interesting thing that I always send pre-vet students to is look at some job descriptions for veterinarians that you want to do. So what is your dream job? And then see what kind of requirements that has. So how many years of experience? How many years of training? Do you need an internship or a residency? Um, Can you do it right out of vet school? And if you look at even Indeed.com or the AVMA has a job board, you can see what those requirements are so you can start preparing yourself and have a good idea of where you want to go. So just like getting into vet schools have different prereqs and requirements, the same thing will happen when it comes to your career. So if you're looking at multiple vet schools and you know you need to take cell bio and microbio and anatomy and physiology, when you want your career, you might have needed to do an internship and a residency and, you know, pass your board exams. So there's a lot of things to think about. Um, Please don't feel overwhelmed. You have plenty of time to look into it, but those resources that Caitlin gave you can definitely help start to help funnel um, your career options and what you want to do in the future. Well, Caitlin, thank you so much for being here today. I'm sure that um, we need to get you back to the office to answer those calls about (laughs) veterinary offices wanting to hire our graduates. Students, your homework is to look into your career options post-DVM. What does the job market look like for the job you're interested in? And can you incorporate your passion into a realistic uh, part of your profession? I'm Alex Avellino, and we'll talk to you soon.